Hey everyone, it's James uh, here from Blinking Miss It for a special bonus episode with our guest from the Left Alone uh, episode, uh, Michelle Nicolaisen. Michelle, welcome to this uncharted bonus episode territory. Thank you. I'm so honored to be like a pioneer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're 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 fording some rivers together. Um, okay, so uh, the reason why I wanted to do a bonus episode was because. Uh, I like the format of Blinking and Miss It for almost everything except for allowing guests to expound upon uh, much more than like a sentence or two about what they want to plug. And uh, I wanted to make sure that we gave you uh, ample time and I wanted to use sort of the opportunity to uh, to sit down with the creator of Unplaced and, and, and pick your brain about a couple of things that I had been thinking about uh, about your show and about... Uh, about season two and season one and all this stuff. So I wanted to, to sort of have like a, this bonus episode is for me, if for no other reason, but I, I thought that people might be intrigued by what we said in the main episode and maybe want a little bit more from you. So let's, uh, let's, let's talk up a little bit. We aren't under any time constraint anymore. It's going to be great. Awesome. Cool. Cool. So let me pull out my questions, which I have written down like a true professional. Oh, okay. So the first question I have is I'm going to ask a question because I made an assumption in the in how I wrote this question, and I want to make sure that this is a true premise. You wrote all the episodes of season one at once, right? Yeah. Like one to, I believe, eight was yes. the... It, yeah. Um, okay, so my question is this. Did you have the experience as they were releasing of people responding to it or interacting with it in a way that made you be like, oh man, I wish that I could change something or alter something or, oh, that's a really good point. I wish I could use that. Or, or was it pretty much like, no, this is how I wanted to go. Like, how did you, how did you feel seeing it release, having made it all as sort of one package, seeing it release sort of, uh, serially? Uh, it was really interesting. I didn't have, I didn't really have any moments of wanting to go back and change anything. Um, okay. not because like I thought it was perfect, but like there wasn't anything that came up to me afterwards. And I typically, there were some stuff that I changed structurally, which of course I can't remember now because it was a little over a year ago, but, sure, um, sure. I wrote all of the scripts at once and then I sent them to a couple of friends for, uh, to be beta readers. So I had some specific questions structurally. Um, one of them was extremely mild. Spoiler ahead. Uh, so skip the next 30 seconds if you don't want to be extremely mildly spoiled. Um, <laughs> but at the end of one of the episodes, there's another person that the narrator sees and that can see them. And I had originally had that happen sooner, but it felt like like weird pacing. So I switched it up a little bit, but I didn't change it that much from the first draft to the final draft. Like, I mean, I went back through and like changed some words. I'm used to writing um, for prose. So I, I, I have been writing basically since I could hold a pencil. Um, and I started doing freelance writing about eight years ago now. So my day job is actually freelance business writing. And then okay. I've also um, written a novel and I'm working on, I'm like about 25, 30,000 words into the second one. So most of my, a lot of my experience is from like both nonfiction and prose. And there's an interesting amount of overlap in those, but there are also mm -hmm. some things that like, there are some habits that I had to get out of uh, where like, yeah. 
you want to, you know, sometimes you're trying to like show things with sound design versus like having them explain it. Right. And so that was like most of the stuff that I changed in edits was that. It was a lot of fun to okay. listen to everybody. Again, mild spoilers ahead, but um, it was a lot of fun to <laughs> see everyone's reaction to the like the monster thing live. Um, yeah. Because my audio, <laughs> my audio editor actually like sends me a Slack message and he's like, oh my God. <laughs> like, this is good this is what i wanted this is cool yeah definitely oh it pays off that's so awesome i had the experience of i basically like i put i loaded the first four episodes up and i was like all right so this will be sort of like i'll ha- i'll consume these and then i'll consume the other half you know like tomorrow or something and i got to the end of the fourth episode and i was like okay so add 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 <laughs> like it was it, it's such a compellingly written and cut up series that like i was like oh, oh okay uh, episode over okay cool gotta listen to the next one it was it's such a like compulsively binge worthy show uh so you you definitely nailed the like i have to listen to more i can't so i i, I ended up listening to the whole thing in one day because like I couldn't stop. Like it was, it was. Uh, Thank you really so a, much. A great experience. That's really good to hear. Yeah, that warms my heart. I really, really enjoyed. It. I actually, it, it ties into what you were talking about. What was it? Now, okay, I guess, um, and you did, of course, a Q and A at the end of the season where you answered. I tried not to ask any questions specifically that you answered on the Q and A. So, if you have more questions, you should definitely go listen to the Q and A. What was it about the podcast format that felt like it matched up? I, you may have answered this because I didn't realize I was asking this question in just the reverse order. Did you think, I want to do a podcast, hmm, what can I do? Or did you have the inspiration for this that you described on the Q&A and then be like, oh, this is a, you know what would be good for this is the podcast format? So it was kind of a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, because I had been listening to, I've been actively listening to podcasts for like probably three or four years now. Um, but for the okay. first two years of that or so, two or so years, it was basically a nonfiction podcast. So it was like nonfiction and the occasional improv comedy thing. Um, right. And I started listening to audio drama in early 2016, maybe? Um, I'm not sure. But like probably about about like two years ago. And so okay. I had been listening to audio drama a lot. And then... I moved, um, I moved like halfway across the country and I work at home and so did my significant other at the time. So it was extremely, extremely hard to make friends. So like I was listening to just an obscene amount of audio drama and actual play podcasts, mostly audio dramas. Um, I've definitely upped more actual plays over time. So like the format was kind of getting in my head, but like the specific feeling that I was trying to capture was like there were I would like go on walks around this like suburban neighborhood that was like a temporary place we were staying while looking for an actual apartment we wanted to live in and I so I was like alone and like felt very lonely and like was listening to someone else's voice in my ears and it was just like right really evocative I guess like I was like I wonder how I could make something capture this feeling and so my initial thought was like I wish that I could have a form factor that would like physically force people into like being outside alone right right yeah like a zombies run sort of situation yeah um but of course like that is so far outside of my capabilities (laughs) right now right right (laughs) i wish i would actually really love to write for games if the game industry wasn't such a trash fire (laughs) but um, 
I have I have like an outline for a choose your own adventure text based game that I will hopefully have out in the next like year or two. But oh, that's awesome! Yeah, I'm very <laughs> excited about getting to work on that, um, and that should be like relatively doable. It won't be it won't be easy, but like I've talked to other people who have like done this as an indie person without having to like pay developers tens of thousands of dollars yeah. so anyways yeah so like but getting it to hook up with yeah, all of that was just way over my head and i would like to play with that maybe at some point the combination of like podcasts and choose your own adventure and there are some other people in the space doing really cool stuff with that but yeah so i wanted i and i was like well like i there's no way that i can work in this like sort of arg element uh right now so like a podcast yeah. is just like the natural sort of mvp minimum viable product version of that like right right okay that makes sense that makes sense and like i feel like there's almost a way to construct that feeling like almost like a di like the listener could diy that experience if they if they wanted to like i feel like it'd be very possible to go back and listen to uh season one in like either well it would depend on which on which episode and what part of the story but like in like a crowded city area or like late at night and like kind of construct the ARG yeah. uh, on your own, which would be kind of a cool, like, ex- like a experiment to do. That'd be kind of, that'd be kind of cool. But that makes, that makes sense about, um, I had forgotten that you, that you had initially started at the, at the, in, in inspiration at, at the ARG level. That's, yeah. that's, that makes sense. And actually, um, a couple of people have sort of wound up there on their own, which is really funny. Um, I remember Chad from Station Blue, which is, if you like Unplaced, you should definitely check it out. But, uh, he tweeted at me and he was like, oh man, I listened to the whole first season while walking around a city, uh, like a city that I don't know by myself. And I was like, yes, perfect. Good. This is exactly what I wanted. You've done yes. it. You've <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I have one more. This is, this is as, as serious a question as I'm going to get probably on this, on this thing. Uh, on the Q&A f- for the end of your season, you talked about how one of the inspirations uh, that you, that as you already talked about, was you know sort of being in a strange city with with no friends. But you talked about how you wrote this with. Please correct my correct my language and usage with uh, like clinical depression in mind. Yeah. Um, so I've struggled with anxiety and depression for like most of my adult life, and I, it's like it's it's funny. It's funny in the way that people who have also struggled with depression think it's funny. People who haven't struggled with depression don't necessarily get the humor. <laughs> But, um, yeah, no, I was, like, I was so depressed I was dissociating, but I didn't know, I had never had that as a symptom of depression before, so I didn't know what was going on until I got into (laughs) a therapist, like, three months later, and I was like, huh, this is really weird, I should write about this, and (laughs) that was, like, a big part of the inspiration for the mood, sort of. I see, yeah, and, and, like, I feel like, like, before the Q&A, I really got while I was listening to it, I was like, okay, I can kind of see, like, I couldn't see, like, the strings behind it, but, like, I was like, all right, I think we're, I think we're working in sort of this motif, and it really, it really works as, like, it works as a, as an exciting story, but it also works as, like, I could see that there was some allegorical things. Basically, the more I listened to the, the podcast, the more I was like, I'm excited for this Q&A, because I know that there are things going on here that I can't, that like is sort of hinted at that you expounded upon. Yeah. My question though 
is once you were done with season one, whether that's done writing it or done releasing it or whatever, did you feel like that had a therapeutic effect or a cathartic effect or whatever? Did you did you feel helped by the construction of this art? I felt helped by the construction, but, and this is like, I don't know if this is actually the healthiest answer, interestingly, but like, um, okay. because like just writing it, was like super helpful but then I've I was like so nervous about putting it out there because it's like right. super personal right like it, I mean right, it's a right. story but like you said like it was inspired by like extremely personal things um sure and so I was like so nervous about putting it out there and putting like all of this work into something and then thinking and it was really hard finding Cole um our voice actor and they're amazing and they have a ton of other yes. projects so um, people who are listening and who like their work on on place should definitely check out their other projects. But finding Cole was actually relatively easy. But I had the hardest time finding an audio engineer. And I yeah. got, I mean, like, yeah, like I had started work with someone and then they were unable to continue um, for reasons that were totally understandable, but like delayed production by like two months. And then I got a quote oh, from man. somebody else and they wanted like 15 grand or something. And I was like, Ooh. actually, it was more than that. Um, I think I, I'm pretty sure it was like, it was like 15 or 20 grand. Yeah. And I was like, yikes. I appreciate it. I was like, I, I'm a freelancer. I don't want to be that person. That's like a cheapskate, but like also that's, that's like a significant chunk of what I make in a year. Like I can't, <laughs> right. I don't, um, so, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, um, and that was actually how I found Brendan was because I was talking about that in, a Slack that my friend Claudia put together for fans of audio drama. And I was like, are my expectations like crazy? Like this is, you know, it's like 90 minutes total of audio. Like it's these episodes right. should be relatively short. Um, and it's, and you know, and part of the increase in cost is that we have a completely custom soundtrack, which he does an amazing job with. Absolutely. But yeah, like, and Brendan was like, that's absurd. We, th there's no way that should cost that much. Let's talk. And then we talked and he like sent over some samples and I was like, yeah, let's do it. Um, but awesome. yeah, so anyways, which is all to say that by the point I, I wrote the first draft in March and it was like just getting it out there and be, and then getting the initial feedback from beta readers of like, no, I like this. This is good. Um, but just like from March to October, like the six months, and there was also a lot of personal changes. Like I broke up with my significant other. I, um, experienced, I was at Charlottesville and that August, um, I moved back. Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, I moved and then like, I was, it was a bonkers month because it was like, I dumped my ex and then like two weeks later was Charlottesville. And then like a week and a half later, I moved from Virginia back to Austin, Texas in like a two day road trip. So, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like a crazy yeah, month. <laughs> so that was August. And, and then there was like, you know, there was other stuff going on that summer, um, obviously leading up to all of that, but like, so it was like six months, but it, it didn't feel like it's, it's so bizarre. I was talking to, um, on a project that we're working on that isn't out yet. Um, I was talking to, uh, Ellie and, um, Will Williams about, how like people think podcasting is easy, but I've in between the writing and overseeing production and all that other stuff, I've literally put as much time into unplaced as I have into my first novel, like, which is yeah. 70,000 yeah. words. Like it's, it's many yeah. more words, but so anyway, so that was all in like six months, but it felt like forever. And so it was like, Oh my gosh, I've worked so hard and I've put in like my time and money and um, I'm just like, I really hope that people like this. And then when we put it out there, like, 
it's been so, it's really been like, man, there's no way to talk about it without sounding cheesy, but it's been like so beautiful really to see, especially now that I'm in a better place and I'm back in Austin where I have a support network and I have friends and I can really appreciate that after having, after living like a very lonely year in Virginia, but like, it's been really beautiful to see the response and to see people being like, oh, I understand this and people picking up on even without me talking about it, people picking up on the themes of like mental illness and depression and even the themes around queerness and that, all of that, and like picking up on it and talking to me about it and being like, oh no, thank you so much for making this. Like it made me feel less alone or things like that. Like it's been, that's been amazing. And like I yeah. regularly cry about it. <laughs> <laughs> because I have a lot of feelings, but yeah, yeah, I mean, like the last time, the last time I looked at our podcast stats, we were at like 25, 27,000 downloads or something. And it just, yeah, Oof. it blows my fucking mind. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's a little nauseating if I think about it too much, just like, oh my God, that many people have heard something that I wrote, but like, yeah. it's also like, oh wow, like people like actually like this and not, maybe not necessarily strictly the writing, but like the entire yeah. process has been extremely like therapeutic, I think. And it and it's interesting because if the themes of season one are about like finding what it takes to like go on when nobody is acknowledging your presence and when you feel like completely entirely alone and finding like what it yeah what it takes to get through that but season two is kind of about like um navigating what it takes to interact with other people again like after you've been through that process and so like right, it'll be really right. interesting i think um which is which like of course relates directly to things that have happened to me like over the last two years since i had the since i had the idea for it basically um since coming right. back to Austin, like after after coming out and like the two years of everyone sort of like getting used to that in their own various slow ways sometimes. But, <laughs> um, so right. yeah, so it'll be like I and now now that like I put something out there already once and people didn't hate it. I, and I know that we're changing things up in season two, so people could hate that. But I think that probably the creation process this time will be more therapeutic in and of itself um, instead of therapeutic but also anxiety inducing (laughs) sure yeah i mean that that totally makes sense because now you've like you know you've cast your patronus once so now you know you can do it and you can do it a second time it has to help so much that you've already had such success with season one i'm excited like what i'm doing right now is actively tamping down all of the questions (laughs) that i have specifically about like plot for season i'm like oh so you mean no 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 no. okay (laughs) It'll come out soon enough. It'll be fine. It's so funny how quickly you can connect with a character and, like, connect with a story and an environment and a world and whatever. Because, like, I feel like I connected with the narrator by the end of... I connect with narrators pretty quickly. So for me, it was probably by the end of the first episode. I feel like everyone who isn't... This is no spoilers. Everyone who isn't connected to that character by the time they're uh, she's done visiting her mom, like I can't, I don't, I don't even know what that person is like, cause like it's so like, ugh, I don't want to spoil anything, but like, I was like, I get it, oh man, I so get this, I so get what she's going, like the frustration and like playing in the world, but also the horror of the world and the pros and the cons and everything. It it really really definitely spoke to me. So I'm very excited to see what you do in season two, especially uh, since I saw, I believe it was on the Indiegogo, um, that there'll be uh, more voice actors in season two. There'll be more characters. I'm very excited to see how that shakes out. Yes, I'm super excited Um, about it. Yeah. 
It's uh, it, it's gonna be. I think I'm. I have very high hopes. I have managed expectations <laughs> and high hopes. All right, so let's talk about season two for a sec. At what point were you like, okay, so season two is something that's going to happen? Like, honestly, um, probably not until like November or December of last year. When I originally conceived Unplaced, part of the reason that I didn't push super hard to figure out a way to make the char- to make the narrator non-binary or make that more explicit, I guess, because like... You know, there are non-binary people who use she, her, they, them for various reasons. So, like, I guess the, I guess the narrator can still be, and that works really well with, like, some of the metaphors that we're talking about about people, like, not seeing things, right? Um, but right. part of the reason that I didn't try too hard to, to make that super explicit in the text was because um, I didn't think I was going to do a season two. I was like, okay, this mm. is like, I want to do something like this has a really clear theme, like clear out, like there's a specific reason that I wrote this. There's a specific thing I was going for. And like season one can be like one like little package and that's it. And then I'll move on to another project. Um, and it was only, yeah. it wasn't until like, yeah, probably like halfway through season one was airing. So like sometime around November, December, where I was like, oh, wait, I actually, I think I do have like a way to make season two like clear and sort of like not inverse. I don't know what the um, symmetrical, symmetrical, like have there be some symmetry okay, to the yeah. story mm-hmm. and sort of an end cap to it in a way that will be satisfying and that won't be like just dragging it on indefinitely because I never like I had always conceived of it as being something like finite I'm one of those people that has to have an outline at the get-go even if the middle bits change I need to know where it starts and where it ends and like what the overarching message or theme is yeah which might come from my nonfiction writing stuff so I didn't originally think there was going to be a season two and then about halfway through I was like oh wait no I think I'm having ideas. I'm seeing how... And so there might be... Like, that same thing might happen with season three. At this point, I think it will probably right, be... Right, right. I think it will probably be just season two, but I'm not going to say that there won't be a season three just because, like, <laughs> that's what I thought before, <laughs> you know? Right. And I think that the, you write differently... Like, I don't like when I watch something that is clearly setting up for... I don't well. I personally don't like watching something where I already like I'm watching number one and number two is already out because I'm like, well, I already know that everyone's fine. Like there are no stakes yeah. almost. I like and I like the idea of writing from the perspective of almost like a like a telenovela or a you know like a a British almost like a BBC t- style show where it's like, yeah, you know, this is just an eight episode or ten episode show. I can kill or, or, or get rid of or whatever anyone that I want at any point because we're not trying to get syndication here. We're not trying to do a series. It's like a, a limited run. And this feels like season two, you know, limited run yeah. number two. Like it, it, it could, anything could happen because it's not like, yeah, and when we can't kill the main character because we're saving up for season three, you know. As far as anyone knows, including the author, this yeah. is the end. So I feel like that has to be, at least from from my imagined perspective, that has to be so freeing to be like, maybe this is it. You know, later allow yourself yeah. to not. I think have I think I prefer working that way. I just like I always write with concrete endings. Like that's just like my entire process. Like with the the novel, um, 
novel trilogy. Um, like what happened there was I had a story that I thought was one book. And then once I outlined it, once I actually wrote down like the beginning and the end and what I thought would happen in the middle, I was like, this is not one book. This is three. Right. So like, yeah, the idea, and there are people who do that and there are people who do it badly. Of course. Um, like you can look at American TV for any number of examples of that, which also like, then you get into the business model. There's other stuff going on there, but like, but, um, Yeah, like, there are people who do that really well, but I am not one of those people that can, like, that can do that. I think they talked about it some at PodCon on the Ars Paradoxica panel. Like, to some extent, I and okay. I don't know, like, I would have to go back and listen to the PodCon panel. I think that they talked about that some, and I could be, like, totally misremembering that, but I think that they said that at least at various points in Ars Paradoxica, they haven't known where the story is going, which blows my fucking mind because that's a like super intricate time travel like if i was running that i would have like what looked like a conspiracy theory board that would cover half of my apartment (laughs) because that's how i am right right Um, my dm notes for serendipity city are like obscene (laughs) but yeah and like i just i just can't do that um and some people can do it with aplomb and to them i like i salute them but i definitely have never been able to pull it off right yeah so so and then so it makes sense that you sort of are, are doing sort of quantum chapters almost or quantum yeah. series so that it's like if this is it this is it but if not then not yeah. I like that I really like that a lot all right well let's talk a little bit about about the Indiegogo and I wanna I wanna start by uh, gushing we we gushed a little bit on. Uh, on Twitter today, but holy crap, this this T-shirt design! Oh my gosh, I'm so happy with it. Uh, I love it. <laughs> it's so cool. It's really, it's one of the coolest T-shirt designs that I've seen for like like anything. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> and and really like, I wanna I wanna talk about it, but it does. You do need to 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 listen to season one to like get it, I guess. Uh, and I'm using air quotes. It's such, I mean, like, you don't yeah. and you do. To like fully get it, for sure, oh, yeah. I yeah. just love it so much. I'm it's so, so cool. happy with it. I worked with a local artist um, who does commissions and stuff. So if you, if, any, if anyone listening needs designs, and her name is Laura. But, yeah, no, I was super impressed with what she did because I basically gave her, I'm like, look, like, here's what I have in mind. Like, this is the kind of feel that I want to have. Like, let's see if we can, because I had been thinking about, um, ideas for unplaced merch for forever and like i you know because most people like it's not you know i'll I'll have when i eventually get an actual merch store up i'll have like the option to like buy the logo on stuff but i wanted to give like a more compelling option than that like a better designed option but i was really struggling because there aren't like there aren't any like really compelling one-liners that make sense on merchandise And so I was, like, really struggling with it. And then I had the idea of, like, you know, like, a punch or a fist or something. And I was like, oh, this ties in with, like, all of the mental illness stuff, too. Like, let's run with this. Yeah. Unplaced feels like, I mean, like, it feels like found footage. I mean, it feels like what, like, no one speaks, well, actually, that's not true. Lots of people speak in, like, aphorisms and whatever. But, like, this character doesn't speak in, like, dramatic, you know, yeah all caps t-shirt quotes so like it would make sense it wouldn't make sense to have like every episode end with this like i guess when like you know you're not gonna end every episode like doogie hauser it's not we don't learn a lesson every time it's it's that's not that's not realistic and i really like that a lot about 
yeah. about the yeah, show. Yeah, I agree. Um, for all of, uh, like, I'm super obsessed with trying to make writing sound as natural as possible. Yeah. And yeah, I think that that's, like, I totally agree. I don't, I don't think it's badly written, but there's, like, a very specific kind of quote that makes a good t-shirt slogan, and, like, normal people don't really talk in those quotes. Like, they just don't. <laughs> right, I mean, right, right. exactly. This, like, I had a dispute exactly. with um, someone that I worked with who was not the person that I finished the editing with, um, but for my novel, because, like, the novel is written from the point of view of, like, like a 19 to 21-year-old kid who has been, like, virtually homeless for the last couple of years. And the editor added in some line about, like, and it's, it's first-person narration, and the editor added in a line that was like, and then I stared out the window with my mind full of an aching disquietude. And I was like, who the fuck talks like that? People don't talk like that. What's wrong with you? Like... <laughs> People don't use those words, especially not like twenty-year-olds. Like you can you can heap on piles of irony enough for that to be an okay thing for a nineteen to twenty-year-old to say. Like if they're going for something and they have like you know sixty levels of air quotes around it and stuff, and they're being super ironic maybe but disquietude yeah, yeah Come on. like that's something that you that's... would say that's something that like a 20 year old would say out loud to someone else being super sarcastic it's not yeah. it's not what their internal dialogue right. sounds like <laughs> right exactly Ugh, that's that's infuriating oh my god okay yeah that's that's ridiculous I like to think that like people know that it's my writing because it sounds like what I sound like when I'm talking and like I know that characters have to sound probably not all like just me running around and doing various character voices but all sounding like myself but like i feel like if it come when it comes to writing you want to make it sound like some someone would actually yeah. be saying that yeah and, and i yeah yeah that's like it's yeah. so important to me that i like i worry about being like put in you know like i worry about all of my characters sounding the same which i don't think like if i'm being super impartial i don't think actually happens like that the, the the people in Serendipity City, the NPCs in Serendipity City, don't sound anything like the narrator for Unplaced doesn't say, which, like, has some... Right. The narrator for Unplaced has, like, some overlap for the narrator of the World Slip series, but, like, they're not the same. And I also feel like there's a very specific way... Right. There's a very specific way that people who are, like, currently, like, 25 to 35, like, probably up to 40 talk. And it's, like, if you're writing people who are in that... Yeah age range like there's going to be a fair like there's obviously individual personalities but like there's going to be a fair amount of overlap because we all picked up things unless you're writing for like a drastically different universe but like we all picked up things from like the shared pop culture of the time or like the you know the popular words or whatever um so i try not to worry about it too much and just focus on like making it sound realistic like that's the most important thing to me and I think it's also I think if most of what I do tends to have fantastical elements in some way or another which I think makes it all the more important to sound um semi-realistic to me because unless you're going for like a you know steampunk pastiche or something like it's there you want to aim for that suspension of disbelief and if people are shooting lightning out of their fingertips then like the narration tone is one of the ways you can achieve that yeah exactly yeah on on my other show on Abashly Obsessed we love Stephen King. And one of the things that we talk about why we love Stephen King so much is that he doesn't, the characters are based in our world and you can imagine them being real people. And then one or two weird things happens to them and it's how they deal with that. It's not like, imagine if you will, this entirely different world, completely unlike everything that you know. 
And it's like, okay, hold on, let me do the work on that. Let me, okay, I completely unlike what I know, okay, <laughs> I guess I <Yeah>. have it. <laughs> like, like we, I love, I love any author that can be like, okay, picture this person. You know a person like this, only they've discovered a magic, yeah. bleh, like a magic Kindle or, you know, whatever. Um, and uh, I guess it's easier because you don't have to build the world. And so maybe it's, it's more quickly yeah. relatable. And, and I think it works better because you're not making the leap of here's a weird concept in an already weird yeah. world, which is why things like Unplaced or some of the Night Vale products really work because they are like, here's your world, you know, also just slightly shifted over so that this kind of weird yeah. thing is happening. Too. That's a really good way to put it. Yeah. And I feel like, I think that a lot of the stuff that I write is sort of in that vicinity. Um, and I think that that's also influenced to some degree by being pagan um, and like sort of seeing, mm. you know, not necessarily whether it's like literal to whatever degree, but like seeing sort of like magic and everyday things as well, like and experiences. Yeah. Okay. Now, brass tacks. Let's get. Let's. We're, we're gonna. We're gonna start to wrap things up. So it's. It's time for promotion. Michelle, you have season two of Unplaced coming out yes. soonish. Hopefully, this yes. summer. Yes, before surely. September, we will have an episode launched for sure. Hopefully, much sooner than that. Cool. Unplaced season one, though is entirely available. Yeah, so we've got um, season one is up wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, if you want to financially support indie artists and can't like literally do that, we are we are in the Radio Public Paid Listens program. So you can listen through Radio Public. They have an iOS and I believe an Android app. Um, but we are also in Apple, Overcast, um, Pod other word I'm forgetting from one of the major ones we're in Google Play so we're wherever you listen to podcasts you can listen to um, the first season and the Q&A episode where we talk about some of this stuff more on Twitter like we've been mostly tweeting about the Indiegogo but there's also been like there's been occasional links both on Twitter and in the Indiegogo updates uh, for like you know like behind the scenes notes sort of things that I'm working on and backers are also going to get like super behind the scenes updates after the campaign is over the campaign runs <laughs> until june 29th like midnight pst okay. on june 29th so if you like shoot up in bed at midnight central time you still got two more hours to go uh, <laughs> because you remember you didn't perfect die. and they're perfect really- <laughs> yeah right oh my god that'll happen for sure <laughs> um there are a bunch of really cool backer rewards ranging from the t-shirt that we were talking about there's also a phone background version of that um there's you know the behind the scenes updates there's going all the way up to uh getting a cameo in an episode having your names mentioned in the credits um like all of that stuff is available as backer rewards and we also our our base goal is set at three thousand, which will cover the audio production costs and start to pay the actors um none of that is going directly to me after right. that we have stretch goals every 500 dollars up to like 6500 i think some of the stretch goals include really cool things like um signed script books signed and annotated script books so you can like see where i got inspiration for specific scenes there's yeah where i'm so very cool. excited about so the cool. idea of doing those even though it would be a lot of i love giving myself extra work extra homework it's great 
Um, yeah. There's also, yeah. like, we're going to do there's <laughs> an audiobook version of season one, so it'll be released all in one file. Um, Brendan, of course, both of us are perfectionists, got to re-listening to season one, and he's like, man, I'd really love to do a remastered version. So that is also a stretch goal, because we both love giving ourselves homework. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> So, yeah, there's a ton of cool stuff on there, and you can check it out at igg.me, M-E, slash, at A-T, slash, unplaced, and the link to that is, like, all over our Twitter, and um, you can also, if you have any questions about it, you can hit us up at, uh, at Unplaced Podcast on Twitter, or there's also Facebook and Tumblr. We're on all the socials, and I'll put I, I will put uh, links to as many of these things as as I as I possibly can in the show notes. So it it's entirely possible. I don't really show notes <laughs> still seem magical to me. That's not my role in the other in the other podcast. But I think I know how to uh, p- put links and stuff in. So it may be that they're in the show notes, just waiting for you to to, to find them and click on them. But uh, yeah, I will. I will do my best to put as many of those uh, links awesome. in as, as I possibly can. Absolutely. Um, so, all right. I think that's going to do it. Uh, I'm really excited about season two, and I'm really excited uh, about your Indiegogo, and uh, I'm really excited for everyone to support this. Um, and I'm really excited that you uh, you joined me to talk about it for for, for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, thank you so, so much for having so much, me. This Michelle. was great. And uh, we, I will see you on on Twitter and Facebook and all all the places. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye Bye-bye.